Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. This morning to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua will be reading from... Uh, Chapter 1, back in verses 1 through 9. We've started a series uh, in the book of Joshua. The title of that series, the theme of that series is Strong and Courageous Living in a Dangerous World. And I think many of us would agree that we do live in a dangerous world. There's physical dangers. There's spiritual dangers all around us. And we need to understand how we battle those things. Now, if you remember the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua, it marks the transition point from the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament, into the historical books. Joshua is also the transition of leadership, the death of Moses. We find Moses dies in the first part of, we'll see that, we saw that last week, uh, but he dies, and Joshua takes command of the Israelites. Joshua becomes the leader of the Israelites. So there's a transition period there as well. When we think of the themes of Joshua, and I'll kind of hit these again uh, as we walk through, but we talk about God's sovereignty. We talk about the fulfilled promises of God. We see the band that God puts on the Israelites. We see God as divine warrior, and we see the unity of uh, God's people. The summary, if you will, of the book of Joshua is victory When we want victory under the leadership of Joshua, it would require trust in God. It would require the Israelites to battle enemies that surrounded them and, of course, obedience to the commands of God. So when we walk through the series of Joshua, we're going to be encouraged, we're going to be strengthened, and we're going to be uh, see how we're to live our lives. Now, last week was the first part of our uh, message, the call to action, part one. We didn't get finished, so I want to continue that today. But last week, God sets the stage, if you will. Uh, we see the first part of, uh, of the passage. We see verses 1 through 5. We walked through verses 1 through 5 last week. So again, we're going to finish up that uh, message today, uh, talking about Joshua and talking about that as well. So if you would stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. What I want to do is I want to read through all of verses 1 through 9 uh, again. The Bible says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you or forsake you. In verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will, your way will, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father God, we come to you again. We come to this portion of the service, Lord, where you're going to speak through me, God, to the people. Lord, I pray that they understand what it means to be courageous, to understand what it means to be strong. Father, we face a difficult challenge in our world today, a difficult challenge in our culture. And Father, we need you to guide us and direct us through this. So, Father, as we walk through the second part of this message, the call to action, Lord, as you call us to action, we can be strong and we can be courageous. Father, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So last week we talked about God. We talked about uh, the divine uh, priorities of God and the divine promises of God. And if you remember last week, we saw three different things about God as we walked through that. We saw that God gave divine fulfillment. There was divine uh, power with God and the divine presence. And so it's not a coincidence that the, the book of Joshua begins with these first five verses. The first five verses are all about God. They're all about the presence of God. They're all about the power of God. So they established the foundation that Joshua would have to build upon to do the things that he was going to do for God. Because remember, the things that Joshua was going to do could only be done with God working in and through him. He couldn't do it in and of himself. And so when we walk through the remainder of this scripture this morning, I want you to understand that the foundation has already been established for Joshua and the foundation has already been established for us as well. God fulfilled the promises that he had made to Abraham back in the book of Genesis for his people. They were going into the promised land. They were standing on the edge of the Jordan River getting ready to make their way into the promised land. God was fulfilling that promise that he had made many years ago to Abraham. But God was also the power that he was going to, it was going to be through the divine power of God that Joshua was going to be able to do the things that he was going to do. Remember, God was going before Joshua. God was going with Joshua. The battles were going to be fought by God the victory would be for the Israelites. And we see the presence of God, the second part of verse 5. And, it, and really, in fact, this is probably the key to the entire book 
of Joshua and really the key to the entire book of, 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 of Scripture. It's the very presence of God. Joshua had the very presence of God. Joshua relied on the very presence of God. And listen, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we too have to rely on the presence of God. So this was key. So these first five verses of Scripture, I think, particularly sets the foundation of the remainder of the book of Joshua. Because God basically says, listen, Joshua, the same things that I did for Moses are the same things that I'm going to do for you. And he says to us, listen, Christian, the same things that I did for Moses, the same things that I did for Joshua are the same things that I'm going to do for you. I fulfill my promises. You have the divine power within you because you have my presence. And remember the greatness of the presence of God. Joshua didn't have the presence of God living in him. (laughs) We have the presence of God living within us. Joshua didn't have that. Joshua didn't have that. So we've seen uh, the divine. We've seen the promises of the divine. So as we move forward, I want us to understand that God has assured Joshua of his fulfillment, the fulfillment of his promises. He has assured Joshua of his power. He has assured Joshua of his presence. But Joshua had a role to play. Joshua wasn't just going to sit back and relax and let God do it all. No, God had called Joshua to play a role in his divine plan. So the second thing we're going to notice is the preparations of the man. And I hope you still have your outlines. You can follow along in your outlines. The outlines are in the bulletin. We're going to see the preparations of the man, the man Joshua. But as we walk through these preparations, we need to translate these preparations of Joshua to our lives as Christians as well. So just like the, the, uh, the, the divine portion of it, Scripture gives us three details in the preparation of Joshua that we're going to see this morning. Now again, these details are directly related to, they can't be divorced from, the presence of God. So understand that, church. This is all based on the presence of God. These preparations are in light of an individual having the presence of God living within them. So you need to understand that. And we as children of God have the very presence of God living within us. So we need to be prepared. And this gives us some preparation points to go on. The first one is this. Personal power. Okay, Personal power. We've seen the divine power. So we're going to see the personal power as well. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua was simply the instrument. Joshua was the instrument that God was going to use to bring his people into the promised land. He was just the instrument. But it was God's power that was going to work in and through Joshua that would create all that he would win the battles and do all those other things. And Joshua and the Israelites would get the victory. God had made those promises 
to Joshua. God had made, or to Abraham. God had fulfilled the promises that he had made to Abraham. And God says, listen, Joshua, you need to be strong. You need to be courageous. To be strong and courageous, it means to be firm. It means to be bold. And again, this boldness and this firmness was all in light of God's fulfillment. It was all in light of God's power. It was in light of the very presence of God. The very presence of God would be with Joshua and he would be with the Israelites. The very presence and the power of God lives within you and within me as Christians. So we can be strong and we can be courageous. And this is a, this is a common expression. We see this throughout Scripture, particularly through the Old Testament. When there was a great undertaking, when there's a great thing that was going to be taking place, you see, you saw this terminology used in First Chronicles 28, 20. David says basically the same thing when he charges his son Solomon to build the temple. He said this, be strong and courageous and do it, he said. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For what has he said? For the Lord God, even my God, is with you. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7. Hezekiah. Hezekiah's encouragement to withstand the siege of Sennacherib as he invades Judah. He says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde with him. For there is more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God. <laughs> to help us and to fight our battles. Joshua himself said it in, in chapter 10. We'll get there eventually. Chapter 10, verse 25. And Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord will do all your enemies against you. For the, thus the Lord will do to all your enemies who fight against you. He will destroy your enemies. We are to be strong and we are to be courageous, church. Why? Because it's all about God. It's all about the presence of God. It's all about the power of God. God knew that Joshua would need to be firm. God knew the difficulties of the task that Joshua was going to face. This was going to be daunting. This was going to be difficult. They were going into uncharted territory here. Territory that was going to be difficult. Territory that was evil. The Canaanites and all those groups of people that they were going into facing battle, they knew how to battle. They knew what war was all about. Now, the implication here may be that Joshua may have been a little weak. Joshua may have been fearful. Joshua may have needed encouragement. But can I tell you this morning, we're fearful. We need encouragement. The battles that you and I are going to face in this world are difficult. They're daunting. But God says, be strong and be courageous. Be strong. And courageous, stand firm, stand bold. God gave the victory and the land. It was Joshua who God would use to accomplish his victory in the land. The divine presence of God would provide the personal power, the only power that Joshua would need. Joshua needed only to be strong and be courageous, understanding that God would ultimately be fighting the battles and giving Joshua and the Israelites the victory. Listen, I can't tell you enough this morning, Christian, 
It's God that fights our battles. All he asks us to do is be strong and courageous. Stand strong and courageous in the midst of those battles. We're going to face battles. We're going to face struggles. And I can tell you this, as the time wanes down before the coming of Christ in the rapture, those battles are going to get more intense. And they're going to get more difficult. And so we've got to stand strong and stand courageous. Turn with me to, to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30. Chapter 1, verse 30, talking about the battles and talking about uh, fighting those battles. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 30. It says, Then I said to you, Do not be in dread or afraid of them. It's talking about Israel entering into the promised land. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. The Lord our God goes before us. The Lord our God fights for us. All we need to do is be strong and courageous. Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was God's strength that gave Paul the courage to do all those things things but there's a second thing we're going to notice this morning as well personal obedience personal obedience look at verses seven and eight only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to the law that moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good courage or good success wherever you go This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Notice what God does here in verse 7. He takes it up a, a notch. He says, only be strong and very courageous. He puts emphasis on that point of being strong and courageous. He uses that terminology even in this first uh, nine verses, I think, four or five times. Be strong, be courageous. But he takes it up. He says, only be strong and very courageous. It was emphasis. It was an emphatic nature of an exhortation. God knew the importance. This was a daunting and significant uh, uh, thing that was going to face the Israelites as he began to move into the promised land. God understood that. God knew that. So he wanted to make very clear to Joshua, listen, be strong, man, be strong, be very strong, be very courageous. Because it's going to get difficult. It's going to get tough. It's going to get tough, Christian. It's going to be difficult as we walk through this world that we live in. Notice what he says, the book of the law, the book of the law, the law of Moses in, in verses 7 and 8, it speaks of the Torah. It speaks of the books of the law, the first five books of the Old Testament. But to obedience, direct link. There's a direct link to obedience to the law of God and to the success of the mission and the prosperous way. What do you mean? 
what I mean, if we want to be successful in our missions for God, if we want to be prosperous in our missions for God, then we need to be obedient to the Word of God. We've got to be obedient. So when we try to do things here at the church and we're not obedient to the words of God, if we do things contrary to the words of God, we're not going to be successful for the kingdom of God. We might be successful in man's eyes, but we're not going to be successful for the kingdom of God. So there's a direct correlation to obedience to the laws of God and the commands of God and success. He says it right here. If you want to be successful, Joshua, you need to follow the commands of God. Follow God's commands. And I would also argue that that strength and courage are required in order to be obedient. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous if we want to be obedient. Think about our current culture, our current climate. We don't have to have strength and courage to stand up for the Word of God. We know what the Word of God says. We know what God's Word says about all the things that we're facing in our culture and our climate. We know what it says. But in order for us to be obedient to that, we're going to have to have courage. We're going to have to stand strong in the face of our opposition. But it's based on our obedience. It's based on the Word. It's based on the law of God. What others think when our character and our conduct are regulated by the God by God's statutes. Think about those things. When we stand strong for God, when we stand bold in the face of our opposition, we stand up for the Word of God, we are obedient to the words of God, I can assure you that you're going to face ridicule. I can assure you that you're going to face eventual persecution. People are going to say, oh man, you're on the wrong side of history. Wrong side of history. The problem with that is they don't go back over 2,000 years ago. Their history is 5 or 10 or 15 years ago. Okay? We're on the wrong side of history. We're behind the times. That's going to be for pastors. That's going to be for Christians in general. We're going to face some of those situations and those circumstances. But we've got to be obedient to the Word of God if we want to be successful. Again, not successful In the world's eyes. Notice the specifics and the importance of that obedience. The first thing you're going to notice is that do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. I'm reminded of the writer of Proverbs. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. What does he say? Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, trust in God, follow God, and He will guide your path. We're not to turn from the left and not to turn uh, to uh, the right. Okay? This is not regulated by our own inclinations and our own understanding. Remember, we're being regulated by being obedient to the Word of God. God's Word is regulating the way we go. God's Word is regulating the path that you and I take. Not my inclinations and not my understandings. It's not a pick and choose what we will obey. No, we obey everything about the Word of God. There's a strictness here. There's an exactness of obedience. Our eyes are focused on the prize. And the prize is being obedient to the Word of God. And we keep our eyes situated and our eyes set forward on that. 
We don't go to the left. We don't go to the right. It's almost like being in the zone. You've heard, maybe you heard an athlete said, I was in the zone. But when he's in the zone, he's thinking about nothing but his, his goal and his intent and what he's planning to do. And that's we as Christians need to be in the zone for God. Okay. Our zone is not based on the regulations and the rules of a sport or whatever. No, our zone is the obedience to the Word of God. We're in that zone. And notice what else he says. Not to part, depart from your mouth. It's to always, he's telling Joshua, listen, let always be the Word of God be on your lips, Joshua. Go over it, oh, go, go over it again and again. Regular discharge of your constant duties when you're going through your daily duties. Listen, may the Word of God constantly be on your lips. Constantly in your thoughts and in your mind. Meditating on God's Word, it deepens our understanding of God's Word. It puts the truth of God's Word into our memories and deep into our hearts. A deep understanding of God's Word, the Word of God, more acceptable obedience. The more we are obedient to the Word of God, the more obedience that produces. The more obedience that produces. There are blessings. He says there are blessings. There's good success for the one who meditates on the Word of God. There's good success. We're to meditate on that. Psalm 1-1, the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night is blessed. He's blessed. That good success there, the Bible says, or in prosperous ways. We see prosperous ways in verse 8. Again, that success is God's Perspective, not man's perspective. Man's perspective says that your success, if you have worldly wealth, if you're, if you have health and you have all those other things, riches, the nice car, the nice house, that's the world's success. You moved up on the, the corporate ladder, regardless of who you stepped on to get there. That's God's, or that's man's success. But God is not talking about that kind of success. He's talking about success, good success from His perspective. If it's based on our obedience to His Word. When we're obedient to the words of God, we will be successful for the kingdom of God. And as Christians, that should be our sole focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all other things will be added to you. So as Christians, we seek the kingdom of God. We seek first the kingdom of God. We want to be obedient to the kingdom of God. Listen, if you, if you are a dedicated uh, sharer of God's word and you go out and you share the gospel with people over and over and over and over and over again, you're being obedient to the commands of God. And if you see one salvation out of that, you know what? You have done exactly what God has commanded you to do, so you have been successful in the eyes of Almighty God. Regardless of how many people you've led to Jesus. He just asked us to share the gospel. He asked us to go and make disciples. You've been obedient to God. In his perspective, Christian success is not measured by the standards of the world, but by the standards of the word. The standards of the word. God concludes the preparations of Joshua 
with the third thing, uh, and final thing this morning, personal assurance. Personal assurance. Look at verse 9. This is a great way to conclude this, uh, by the way. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. There it is again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. God says, have I not commanded you, Joshua? This is the third in a, a, a three separate exhortations. We see that in verse 6. There's an exhortation to be strong and courageous in the face of the task before him. In verse 7, an exhortation of personal and moral courage. To be obedient to the law of God. To order his life and his actions by the book of the law. In verse 9, there's an exhortation. It's basically of a spiritual matter. God was aware of the weaknesses of Joshua. God, God was aware of the insufficiencies of Joshua. God was aware of all those other things. And Joshua was aware of those things too. We're aware of our weaknesses. We're aware of our insufficiencies. We're aware of our fears. We're aware of our apprehensions in the face of what might be an overwhelming odd. And oftentimes what happens to us is we become paralyzed by that fear. We become paralyzed by that apprehension. We become paralyzed by our weaknesses. But if you remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians, when I am weak is when I am strong. Because he understood that in his weakness, he was strong in his weakness. Because in his weakness, what? God could use him best. He could use him best. And so we know that and we understand that. So God says, listen, Joshua, I have not commanded you already. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing. To worry about. I understand your weaknesses, but I'm going to work through your weaknesses. I'm going to work through your fear to bring my people into the promised land. Thus, we need to look at the one who gives our spirit strength and who overcomes our insufficiencies. God is the one who overcomes. We are the overcomers because of God, because of his presence, because of his power. And the promises that God has made. Joshua's success didn't depend on his ability alone. And thank God for that. Because my success doesn't depend on my ability alone. Your success doesn't depend on your ability alone. Joshua could have faith. He could have faith in the one that went before him. He could have faith in God. Faith in the one whose commands he was to have always on his lips. The commands that he was always to meditate on day and night. Faith in the one who was with him wherever he would go. What does wherever mean? Wherever. Wherever. Wherever means wherever. Over here. Over there. Over there. Over back here. So God says, I'm going to be with you, Joshua, wherever you go. The battles that you face, I'll be there. The struggles you face, I'll be there. 
When you stand before the magistrates, I'll be there. When you stand before the judges, I'll be there. When you stand before the critics, I'll be there. We could go on and on and on and on. But God gave Joshua the assurance that he would be there. None of the things that Joshua was going to do was dependent upon Joshua himself. All it was was that Joshua had to be obedient to the Lord, had to be a willing vessel. He had to be willing to be used by God who was going to do things through Joshua that only God could do. And man, when I think about this, I think, I want God to do things through me that He can only do. We should all have that attitude. God, do through me what only you can do, Lord. Only you can do. But Joshua, God was going to do things through Joshua that only he could do. True faith and obedience it does not look at the obstacles, but rather at God. A dear old lady had a very beautiful faith. She was obedient. Obedience is the only beauty of faith. Someone said to her, I believe that if you thought the Lord told you to jump through a stone wall, you would jump. The lady replied, if the Lord told me to jump through a wall, it would be my business to jump. And it would be his business to make the hole. The essence of true faith and obedience. Although we do not understand every step of the way by which we must walk. We are fully persuaded that whatever God has prepared for us, God will get us through. And whatever He has promised, He is able to perform. And we are able to leave all the matters that we do not comprehend to the Lord. A life of faith, church. A life of faith, Christian, it calls for a stout heart. The flesh, the world, and the devil, they all stand against us at every turn. The devil seeks to destroy us. However, we can have good success. We can have godly success when we read with thoughtfulness the Scriptures. And when we're careful to obey those Scriptures. Listen, it's more than just sitting down and reading God's Word. It's more than that. We've got to sit down and study God's Word, and find, but we've also got to put that into action in our lives. If I sat down and read the rules and regulations about driving and sat down and read that, that when I come to that stop sign, my responsibility is to stop. Okay, I read that, but if I don't follow that, guess what? I'm going to be picked up. Because I didn't, wasn't obedient to the laws of the land. And we need to do the same thing with God's word. We've got to be obedient to his word. When we are, we are then prepared to face the missions that God puts before us. But again, it's through God's presence. It's through God's power. And it's through God's promises that you and I have the power that we have to do the things that God has asked us to do. This life is full of many challenges. It's full of many adversities. There doesn't seem to be a day that goes by that we don't have to stand up and say, listen, that's enough. 
We're going to be staring down many of these adversities, many of these challenges in the near future. But we need to be reminded of several things. Although the specifics of the promises that God would fulfill through the leadership of Joshua, those, those promises were time specific. They were for the Israelites at that time. God still honors and God still fulfills His promises to His children. His very presence offers us power. His very presence is, offers us to be obedient to His commands. It offers us to be, the ability to be obedient to His commands. And His presence helps us to be strong. And His presence helps us to be courageous regardless, regardless of the mission He is calling us to. Never, never, church, Say that this mission is too big for me. If God is calling you, then the mission is not too big for you. Because you know why? Because it's not too big for God. And God is working in and through you to do the things that only God can do. So I'm not sure this morning what your mission is. I'm not sure this morning what God is calling you to this morning. But I know three things. I want to encourage you with three things. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous because it's not through your power that this is going, mission is going to get accomplished. It's through the power of God living in you. Number two, be obedient. Be obedient. Step out. Step out in faith. Step out in trust. And number three, be assured. Be assured that Almighty God will not leave you nor will he forsake you now this message is particularly for those of us who are followers of jesus christ we have all the power and all the presence that we need to accomplish the missions that god has called us to accomplish but maybe you're here this morning and you don't have that power you don't have that presence you don't have the presence of god living within you listen i can assure you something You cannot get through these challenges of life on your own ability. There will come a time in in your life where God will put you flat on your back and the only place that you can look up is to Him. Before you get to that point, before you get to that point, cry out to God. Cry out for that presence. Cry out for that power. He's there to hear you. He's there to hear from the one who does not have faith and trust in Him. He was ready to hear that prayer of repentance. Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I, there's nothing I could do in and of myself to save myself. Only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a Christian and you just aren't living that courageous life. You're not being bold. You're not being able to stand firm in the midst of the battles and the struggles that we face. Listen, as a church and as your pastor, there's going to come a time when we as a church are going to have to band together to face Those things that are happening outside the walls of this church. And when we band together, we need to band together with courage. We need to band together with boldness. And 
and rely on God and understand that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Maybe you're having str- struggling with your courage. Maybe you're struggling with your boldness as you stand and you face the, the obstacles and the battle that God has for you. Listen, all you've got to do is cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. This altar is going to be open. I don't know what decisions need to be made this morning, but there's decisions that need to be made. God is working. God is convicting. That, that God is drawing. He's doing all those other things. And so I pray that decisions be made this morning, regardless of what those decisions are. If you need to come down front to pray, if you need to pray at your seat, if you want to accept Christ at your seat, listen, that's wonderful. Just cry out to God, and we'll go from there. Whatever decisions that needs to be made, remember, church, be strong, be courageous. Be strong, be courageous, be obedient. Be obedient to what God is calling you. Be obedient to the conviction of the Holy Spirit this morning. And be assured that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. Oh, what a wonderful joy to know, Lord, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we can stand strong in the face of adversity. We can stand strong in the face of those battles because you have made it clear you will not leave us or forsake us. You'll not let your children go. You'll go with us into those battles. We can be strong and courageous because we know that you are there. We can put our faith and our trust in you. We are just asked to be obedient. We are just asked to be willing to step out in faith. We're going to be scared. We're going to be fearful. But we understand that we have a divine presence. With that divine presence, we have the divine power and the divine promises. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. I pray that decisions are made today for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus. Thank you.